are listening to Free Beers and a Movie. Nice. Hello and welcome to episode 90 of Free Beers and a Movie. I am Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Where are we tonight, Colin? We are in the Raven in Glasgow, um, which is our... I don't know, we're always in the Raven in Glasgow. People should come and see us in the Raven in Glasgow when we click a wee live show. We'll buy you a beer. Oh, good oh no, well, like, This is one, two, three, four... Five in a row, five weeks in a row for in here. That, that, that is You've not been here five weeks, no, I've been here five weeks. This, this is our, our fifth straight recording in the Raven. We're doing well. Yeah, we're doing yeah. good. We do yeah. like the Raven, don't we? Really? Yeah. It's very nice. Because like a couple of weeks ago, we were reminiscing and we came in here when the Raven first opened. I think it was the first night it opened. The first night it opened, yeah. 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 We, we were back in the day and we've kind of been staunch. We support the Raven well. We've had Christmas nights out in here. We had my birthday in here as well. Quizzies, birthdays, yeah. There's a lot in here. Like the Raven. It's a, it's a local without actually being that local for any of us. And then they're going to give us free beer if you ever listen to this show. <laughs> Demand more free beer. Yeah. yeah. Um, I missed the last one. So what are you drinking tonight? Mm. Um, I've, I've discovered a passion for rum, which I didn't know I had okay. um, until last week, we, two weeks ago, sorry, we were out um, to, to the West Brewery in... in oh, that when you drank? You were drinking West Well, no, 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 no. I, I was young Barry. Um, had himself a, a, a Morgan's and Lemonade and I said oh what's that Barry and he told me and I thought I'm going to try some of that because um, I had that in my head that I didn't like rum and I right, tried yeah. some and I was like, really pleasantly surprised um, so last week Lorraine's got a bottle of Sailor Jerry's at home okay. and I thought I'm going to try some of that lemonade and I tried that and I was like oh that's nice and she's got a bottle of cracking rum as well oh I bought Barry that for the one yeah, yeah and I thought I'm going to try that as well and I've discovered Corn like rum I do, but I only just discovered after this fact that rum is made from bananas. I, I didn't know that. I did not know that. Okay. that was, my mind was blown. I was like, wow, this this is like banana. So oh. It's like fermented bananas, I take it, essentially. Yeah. Maybe you make like... I get them in the Jamaican thing. I think it's kind of from the Caribbean, so I guess it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, it's, it's, so that's what it is. So I started out having some rum anyway, back, back in Point Common. Yeah. Um, my first drink was a, a, a Captain Morgan Spice Rum with Lemonade, and I'm now into a Cascadian... Cascadian East. East from Stuartbrook. They're a Scottish company. They are a Scottish company. Um, again, I always complain about this. Not enough bubbles in Scottish beer. Ah. Apart from 10, because you've got too much in it. <laughs> what an odd complaint to have. Very odd complaint. Yeah, it's a very... It almost feels like South of the Border complaining, possibly. Yeah, I don't know. I've had a lot of Stuart, but I can't think what else Stuart do, but I know for a fact I have drunk. Quite, quite, quite a few a beers from them. Sure, yeah. We do support Scottish breweries quite we a lot. Um, I'm not. I'm supporting a Welsh beer. <laughs> oh, what is it? Um, it's from Tenby Brewing and it's called Cinema Beach, which I literally did buy because of the name. It's a funny name and it's apparently a tropical beer. It, it does, yeah. I, I stole a wee sip from you. And it has got a kind of wee tropical aftertaste. It's an aftertaste. It's first, it doesn't hit you. No. It, it is like literally, there's, a, there's a, a beat for about a second and a half and you're like, yeah. I'm liking it. Was that grapefruit or... or Mango it's not quite a lilt or anything, but it's definitely no, something it's, it's, it's not totally tropical. No. It's not Umbongo either. Yeah. Um, it reminds me a little bit of that one I drank at the um, uh, Disco Forklift truck mm-hmm. from Drygate. It reminds me a little bit of that. Enough, for enough, enough to be enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but this week we're going to do some movies, so not a lot in cinema. I guess it's been a busy week for me for other reasons, and also bad weather. I mean, they've got some yeah, horrendous we've weather. We had a storm in Glasgow this week. Yeah, um, well, the UK's had the storm, but we like to think we had. Yeah, we had a worse storm. Yeah, we, we're hard um, us. We, we, we had the brunt of it. So, only a couple of um, cinema viewings this week, and then um, a lot of home viewing. So, I'll start off. I watched a film called, if you might like it, it's a documentary, so don't walk away straight away, uh, called Filmworker. It's about a guy called Leon Vitale. Do you know who Leon Vitale is? Yeah. He's an actor, um, a British actor from the 1960s and 70s. He was in Stanley Kubrick film Barry Lyndon. No, 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 no. Apparently a very good actor and on the way to success. But basically the height of his like sort of pushing forward, he's like to abandon acting completely and become Stanley Kubrick Stanley Kubrick's right hand man. Essentially Stanley Kubrick's lackey. Like his understudy or essentially like, yeah, he sort of recognised the genius of Stanley Kubrick. Right. And wanted to work with him in every capacity. Wait, like an executive producer? No, no. Like almost like the guy who would look after Prince and who would like sort of like go out kind of like a PA, wow. sort of like a, an assistant. Um, and almost now he's sort of like a like sort of a librarian for all Kubrick's work. So what I'm akin in this to, right, so I'm probably overstretching, Jesus Disciple. I, very much so, yeah, yeah, very much like a disciple. Like sort of, he believed in the genius of Kubrick so much that... He basically he, gave up his life for Kubrick. And all he told, all he work for Kubrick, make sure Kubrick could do everything he wanted to do. I kind of get it. I, I, it's I, amazing. I, yeah, I get, I get it in a weird way. I do kind of understand, but why... 
you would do? Like you recognised what Stuart was doing and sort of like I want to be involved in this. I know I can't be involved on screen because I don't think I've got the, the chops anymore for it, but I, I can help this guy. Did Kubrick throw how many bones? Well, he's in Magnolia. Um, he's in a couple of wee things as well, but yeah, mainly he's, he's sort of his job, his entire job in life is taken up by cataloguing every single waking thought of Kubrick. So if Kubrick wanted it, he could find it. Wow. You know, and stuff like he basically he was a guy who sort of had to find all the, the prints for any sort of screenings of Kubrick's work to do. So if you see a Kubrick film now, it's been like approved by him. He would he would spend days, weeks on end watching like, different versions of a film to find the right frame that he wanted for a certain poster. So like so the poster for Full Metal Jacket of like, the guys getting dragged. Yeah. What I'm thinking about yeah. that took him. He watched the, the cuts of Full Metal Jacket like four times in a row for that single that single frame. Well, that's yeah. amazing. Do you know what? It, it, this this is fucking weird. Yeah. Think Ready Player One, mm. where the catalogue has yeah. whole life. Ah. This is almost akin to that. Yeah. yeah. Not not obviously with the character or advances that Hollywood gave yeah. for Ready Player One, but it is. You know, like Kubrick's life is catalogued meticulously by for this guy. For this individual. The reason why Kubrick's work has wow. remained not only in the public eye, which obviously is a genius and a great work, but also it's remained so big. You don't really see a bad print of a Kubrick film. It was all they're always spot on prints and not every time yeah. a film is released on by Kubrick, you know, either on Blu-ray or DVD or VHS or whatever. It's packaged in a certain way and it's done in a certain way. It's and it's this, he's got to say so on it. He basically was the guy who would approve all this stuff, yeah. How did he get the position to approve that? Was that Kubrick's like, yeah, Kubrick, he's, you know... It, he essentially took over the sort of almost the, the admin version of wow. it. So that Kubrick could focus on the artistic side of it. But he, he, would, he was also get the guy who found the kid who played uh, the kid in The Shining. Okay. He was sort of, he was the guy who found him and he found the two young girls who played um, the, the, the twins, twins as well. Yeah. And so... To make it dark now, which I'm going to try and do. Okay. Kubrick was a renowned asshole. Yes. Cunt in general, bastard. Yes. Does this come over in this? Kinda, yeah. That's the thing. You feel like Kubrick did not appreciate this guy for a lot of time. Right. He's like, it's not like putting your best friend like an absolute shit because he, you know he'll take it and he used to do it. Yeah. It's almost, it's, you said it's a bit like using the disciple. It's almost mm. like a wee, wee blacker that treats Baldrick a little bit. Well. That kind of, you know, it's like, really. Do you like, see this on camera? Do you see them on camera? Not so much, no. No. no right, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm quite intrigued by this. Yeah, yeah. really interesting. I saw on film four. It was um, shown for this Kubrick's, I think it was the 20th anniversary, 20th anniversary, something from out or something. I can't remember something. Uh, there was a reason for it. But um, yeah, so it's a really worth watch called Film Worker. Um, film Worker. Okay. Really interesting. That sounds strange. Yeah. Like, like I say, I can't how this guy left his life behind and, and basically put his family life on hold as well. Did he get paid? Yeah. Comfortable. Did he live a comfortable life? He's an alright life, yeah. yeah. He, he still does it now, he doesn't get paid now. He still right. does it. Still does it. Yeah. How old is he? I'm going to say he must be in the maybe he's in maybe the late 60s, early 70s. It's just a passion. It, it, it's a labour of love now. He, he believed the genes of Kubrick. Wow. To, like, to the point that uh, he gave up his life. He thinks his life is less than what he would rather spend his life you know, serving Kubrick. Kubrick worshiping Kubrick. Yeah. 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 That's nuts. Really interesting film. Get a chance to watch it. Find it. It's on film. It's on film for us now. Probably be repeated in the next couple of weeks, over the next couple of months. Kind of look for it. Well worth a watch. Well, I am fucking mind blown with this. I've got interest, I've got interest in a documentary. I'm pleased. Well, on documentaries, I'm oh. going to jump in here um, oh. and say, Colin every week moans about I don't like documentaries and they suck dick and stuff like that. Um, some of the greatest television I have ever fucking seen in my life was a documentary that I watched last week. Okay. Um, the Jinx. Yes, I've been raving about this. I've spoken to you about it off off my. What's it roughly about? Jesus okay, so yeah, it's a well-known. I'm not going to spoil it because yeah. there's so many ways you can. But um, in essence, the story opens up with um, a body chopped up and found in a harbour in America. Um, the suspect is a property mogul from New York. His family's invested in property. He's invested in multi-millionaires. Yep. So he gets arrested, post bail for selling million pounds, no hassle goes in the lamb, runs away. Yeah. Um, eventually they make a film, Hollywood makes a film about his wife disappearing in the 80s. Yes. Um, with Ryan Reynolds and Kirsten Dunst. Yep. He sees this movie about, based on the recount of his wife disappearing, which was all very mysterious, mm. and there was fingers pointed at him, and agrees to be interviewed by the filmmakers, mm. saying, I've not spoke to anyone about this for however many years, I want you to interview me. So these filmmakers jumping that shit. Okay. Interviewed this guy um, and throughout the course of it it turns out that his best friend was also murdered as well. Uh-huh. So his neighbour was chopped up, his wife disappeared without a trace and his best friend was murdered. Yep. 
and it just kind of unfolds. That that that's like mellow shit. That unfolds yeah. from there, and it gets crazier and crazier and crazier until you get to a point where it's possibly the most exciting two minutes of my life I've ever fucking spent. It's, I was perched on the edge of my couch. Now there's a story as well, but um, the conclusion of this is, again it's well documented, but the, this wraps up with a final five seconds. Yep. That is just the, the, the most fucking heart-stopping TV you'll ever see, like, wow, five seconds. As I was about to watch the last five seconds, one of my friends came to the door because we were going to have drinks with him, mm-hmm. and I had to pause it. Oh, heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> fucking horrible, absolutely horrible. <laughs> I was so desperate to get Robert back Dust home. Robert was the man's name. Robert Dust, Robert, yeah. yeah. Um, that, this, you know, gee, I, I don't want to spoil it. Like, I'm so passionate about this now and tell people to watch it that I can't spoil it. It has been it for a while. It has, yeah. and most people probably do know the story. Yeah. But I think I've seen it already. I, I kind of went and known the ending because I'd kind of Wikipedia it as you do nowadays and even knowing how it ended, like I say, I was honestly at the edge of my seat, mouth agape, like just heart beating like, oh my fucking God. How many episodes is this thing? Six episodes, 45 minutes each episode, it flies past, but everyone is so well done. Um, what I was saying to you was because these guys made a big Hollywood film starring Ryan Gosling and Kirsten Dunst and stuff like that. It's them that do the documentary, so this isn't documentary quality, this is Hollywood quality yeah. documentary. Um, and it shows they just grip you every episode, they throw stuff at you, and it just gets more and more insane and intense until you get to this conclusion, it just blows your mind. Awesome. Watch it. If you've not seen it, watch it. If you have seen it, probably watch it again. Also, Robert Durst um, has been arrested again. Yeah. And he's going back to court the end of Taylor this month for me uh, for some of the crimes that he's been accused of. Yeah. So this is all going to be extremely fucking relevant yeah. again. And I think they're going to cite the filmmakers to give them evidence that they're perhaps withholding as right, well. Okay. So it's all going to get very, very, very interesting. Yeah, it's going to lead to either him getting convicted on this documentary or a second documentary yeah, coming out about, you know, exactly. here's shit that we didn't tell you about. Right, so, okay. yeah, it's very interesting. What? what? Fucking wow. Um, it gets, I think the MDB and his Mount Tomatoes are like a 95% rating. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, would, I think it's one wow. of the ones that sort of started this um, sort of and a couple of podcasts, the, the serial podcast mm. one, they started this sort of fascination with True uh, Crime, True Crime, yeah, I think this yeah. is one of the kind of early ones. Um, really serials, done and dusted now, but check me out, documentary, you know, okay, um, I also watched the home, again, I love, again, a film four version, um, it was a film called The Love Witch, okay, um, it's a recent film, I wanted to watch it because there's someone on the Empire podcast called Terry White, who is the editor of um, Empire, and she was... She was in love with this film in every single way. She was like giving it every bit of prop she could do. No the only film she did this with was a film called Lucy Strangler. So has you, been sir, been, you had my curiosity, you now have my attention. fucking attention. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is very different from one of the Greek It's not in oh. the right? So right. the best way I can describe it is imagine if the Witch the T V show was made by Russ Meyer. Where Samantha eats shit? <laughs> Kinda, it's, it's, it's sort of a very, it's the, the style of this film is amazing. It looks like it's something throughout the seventies, even the acting through the, throughout the sixties and seventies. Which you could see the captures as well, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. No one involved with the involved with this. This some um, that's just a yeah. tangential thing, but and essentially it's about a witch who seduces men and then kills them. It's species. Ah, uh-huh, essentially, yeah. <laughs> but it's done in such a, it, it feels like it feels like a seventies B exploitation movie, and it's pitched so well and so cleverly. And Does it know what it is though? Yes, that's see that's the secret, like, isn't it? Uh, if you know what you are, you'll get like it. The, the acting at times is, is intentionally bad. Yeah, but brilliantly so because you, know, you can't you can't almost you almost can't be that bad on purpose. Yeah. Um, production design is a phenomenon. It, look, it look, honestly, if you put this film on now, you believe it was made in the seventies. Wow, it looks so good. Uh, it's a really, uh, What's it called? The Love Witch. The Love Witch. Does it have a, a, a linear plot? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. She comes to this town, she starts to just men, she starts like, she likes people's husbands and boyfriends and the other girls in the town don't like her because of that and stuff. Um, oh. It's just visually stunning to look at as well. Really all kind of primary coloured and... Is it gory? There's a, moment, a couple of moments of gory, but not overly gory. Well, yeah. I, I want to see this. Because yeah. the degree to for that, if it's compared to that, then yeah. just I would not compare it in any way, sort of style wise. I'm only yeah. comparing it in the way that this woman, uh, Terry White, she promoted it the same way. I mean, she, was, yeah. she, was, she loved the music thing on that movie, so you could see it. This is the same way. I mean, she could see something that, she's, that she was sort of picking is up. Is this on Film 4? Film 4 again, yeah. The Love Witch. Yeah. 
Who's it? Any big names in it? No, not at all, no. Which makes it even more. Yeah, yeah. I get it, I get yeah. it. I want to see this. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it might not hit everyone in the same way, but I genuinely really enjoy it. I thought it was an excellent piece of filmmaking. And, and I think we are drawn to shit like that, aren't we? Uh, we are drawn to the kind of slightly obscure side yeah. of the cinematic world and sometimes. Also, clearly, they've done enough budget as well. Yeah. So to pull off the way they pull it off with a budget is really impressive as well. But you've always said, and I've kind of come to believe it more and more we've kind of seen lots of movies as the, the, the kind of stricter the budget the more imaginative the oh, director has to become yeah. harder, and yeah. you do get sometimes a better movie do you know I mean strip the budget back and it's all you've got is pure fucking talent at yeah, its best and, exactly yeah. and you, and you, the, the idea of the film has to stand its own it can't be, yeah. it can't be distracted by an explosion or special effects or something yeah. like you have to have to make the story work at a very base level Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was that one. Um, um, so another home viewing Colin's been watching. Yes. Um, is we we done the good life. Yes, which, which we finished. Um, so Colin out shopping and managed to to procure himself um the box set, all fucking episodes of To the Man of Born. I've never heard this one before. To the Man of Born. No. Um, I'm enjoying it. Is it upstairs, downstairs? Uh, not quite upstairs, downstairs, but it is very middle-class posh. Um, you know, it, it basically starts out... Do you know Penelope Keith? Like, yes. Well, renowned British oh. actress. She's in it. Um, she's a widow. Her husband's just died, um, and she can't afford to live on her land anymore. Big estate, huge mansion, stuff like that. This man who's made it, this... this um, I think he's like a Latvian immigrant, perhaps. Right. Um, when did this um, 82. There's no Latvian in Well, they're a bit Eastern European, I'm okay. um, uh, Slovakian, perhaps, Czechoslovakian. Uh, basically, has made his way up in the kind of farmer's market to become a multimillionaire. Right. Takes over the property <laughs> and the story builds on. He's living in her house. She has to move to the kind of. Seventh quarters. Almost, yeah, yeah, which is, again, a very lush property yeah. that, that anyone else would happily live in and be like, well, I'm, you know, I'm quite luxurious for this. Um, and it's just kind of built on, on the relationship from there. Very, very kind of typical 80s kind of sitcom. Is it canned laughter? I think it is canned, yeah. yeah. Good Life was to the audience. I think this is canned laughter, but it's very, it's very kind of gently done. The problem I, I've got with it is I can't relate to that upper class no, lifestyle. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like fox hunting and, you know, sipping champagne and throwing parties <laughs> for the, the fucking... But, so, how many episodes does this thing go? This was... It ran for... Three seasons, ten episodes a season, so there's not about 30, so it's, 30 quite, it's like 25 minutes apart. But, but you know, the thing is, 30 episodes in 1982 about this was written in that place in 1982 where it was one of the upper class comedy like this. Ah, right, this is where I'm going to throw a fucking zinger at you, sir. Okay. In 1984, five, the final episode at that point was the most watched TV show ever. In 1984? 24 million viewers. Um, it was it held the record until um, Fools and Horses came along and smashed it. The Christmas one. Yeah. So yeah. that. So it was. It was big. It was big business. Yeah. It's like twi- I mean, imagine nowadays twenty-four would million. Like, twenty-four million. Like, like, sort of the minor strikes. Yeah. And, 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 and like that. This, maybe it was just. A, I mean, it is. It is a very quintessential English view of life. Maybe oh. that was the appeal. And also remember back then you only had three channels. Yeah, so you, you had, had to you, you did. I BBC One used to do it. Our STV, BBC, I believe, produced yeah. this one. But imagine now having 24 million people watching a single thing. Even something like Game of Thrones as well. Doesn't even close. Yeah, like eight, nine million, and, and that's considered no, a big business. No, you did maybe take a quarter yeah. of that. For so two imagine million. 24 million people yeah. watching something. So yeah, it was it was extremely popular. And see, I mean, I'm enjoying it, and it's well written. I think there's a kind of writing style and a chemistry with characters back then that you don't quite get now yeah. and it's this kind of gentle comforting TV um, but it is hard to relate because I'm, I'm very much in uh, even though you're wearing a cardigan today you're still a scumbag it's a jumper sir um, a it's a jumper um, I, I'm very much I'm below working what's below working class? is it underclass? you're lower you're probably lower working class you're high working class low middle class. I, I am like a mo- as Lorraine calls me quite often Baldrick I am like a modern day yeah, Baldrick yes. yeah I'm, 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 right, I'm yeah. the Baldrick in, in the kind of modern era so I do find yourself. it hard yeah, yeah I do find it hard to relate a lot to you know like the quantities of you know should we have this champagne or that I'm like you know I, I don't get that shit you know <laughs> what jacket should I wear for the fox hunting yeah. that, that kind of goes above my head and Obviously, I find yeah. it hard to empathise a lot but it is, it's still got, you know, the jokes still in the sport. Still had it for Also, my, last time I watched it home, <laughs> it was an interesting one, is one film called Leave No Trace, which stars Ben Foster. 
As oh, a father I'd... to do, like Ben Thurston. He's a, he's a father who, him and his daughter live in basically the wilds of Oregon in an urban park. And essentially, they get discovered. By oh, fuck, yeah, I was, going to, I was actually going to put this on the other night. Right, go. And essentially, it's sort of like the, the, the authorities not wanting him there and wanting to try and look after his daughter because they think she's been sort of like not getting the proper story, but yet she's more intelligent than anyone her age. And they're trying to make them feel more like assimilate into sort of normal life. Tropes of Captain Fantastic, perhaps? Glass Castle? Darker than Glass Castle, darker than both of those. Right. Um, he's suffering from PTSD, but a little bit. Mm-hmm. She's clearly very smart, and, and the struggle is really, it's really her story of like her finding her place in the world, because she loves her father, and, and it's like, does she want to stay with him, does she want to try and find her own life, but luckily she'll just like go him at some point. Really touch, really beautiful story. It kind of, it does zig when it should zag, and just it keeps you constantly guessing, wondering what's going to happen. You have nothing that concerns the people, but also you feel like I understand their want, understand his want to do this life. You know, because yeah. like, what is the modern world got that's so great? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, Captain, that's it. That you do yeah. you see it, and you're like, you know what? You, it does mean you, you obviously you're not going to give up your, you know, worldly goods and go out and live in the forest, ah. but you do. You, you, you start to feel it. Yeah, I totally. Yeah. 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 Five armies in a small role, um, and that's about it. Yeah. Not really much else. But Foster really seems to go under the. I mean, they done that. Um, Lance Armstrong, remember they done that yep. document? Done uh, Hell High Water as well. Hell High Water. He's just that's amazing actor. Yeah. That just he, he, again, we were talking earlier on about, it, and it's not quite the same Army Hammer, but it's just guys that have just kind of missed the big time. Aye, and you look. They're very good at what they do. Oh, Amazing. Foster's one of the best. He's a stunning, stunning actor. Convinces every single time. Yeah, Everything he's directed by a woman called Deborah Granick, who directed um, Winter's Bone. Won the major Florence to start. That's when she got Oscar nomination for back in 2010, and that's what pushed her into the stratosphere right. of like, being the next big thing. Um, wonderful director, stunning looking film, really worth a watch if you get a chance to watch it. Um, I think it's, I saw on Sunshine Movies just now. Right. Um, I missed it in cinema, and it's a bit of a shame that it came and went very quickly. I wish yeah. I saw it in cinema, because yeah. it's one of the films that, it's one of the kind of films you know, it was grossly overlooked by the Academy as well. You know, a film like that should get more, yeah. um, more love because it's not like a big marketing campaign behind it. It's yeah, obviously really. a bit like that one, it was um, Wacken Phoenix one. Do you think? Uh, it was never really. Do you think marketing's got a lot to do with oh, Oscars? Huge amount, yeah. huge, huge amount. Which is a shame, because it shame. really it defeats the point. It's almost like, you know, a, a, a contrast to what the point is. Uh-huh. I mean, it's a shame. No, it's like yeah. people, they also know if they can get an Oscar on something, it'll give them so much more credible play when they're trying um, the film on DVD, on Blu-ray, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, some companies will put huge, huge amounts of money into it to try and get that. Just, to, just for Even Rapsy put a massive amount of money into it. For what's amazing, Olivia Coleman won her Oscar while almost doing no press. Really? Because she was doing an odd job. And when she won her Oscar, she was so Stunned, understated by it. Someone must have known she said, you're not going to win this because you're not how you're doing that. And she did, which is good. Um, but, yeah, what, what I do is it's now TV I've got, which is Sky Movies, yeah. but I always check most recently I did, and that popped up, and I was like, oh, I, I want to sit and watch this. I've, I've been kind of working stupid shifts just yeah. now, and I'm kind of tired, but, uh, yeah, I really, really do want to see it. One of the things you've got to... You can't really passively watch it, you've got to sit and you're actually watching like, yeah. watch it. And that's why I think I'm annoyed I missed the cinema. I feel yeah. in the cinema, big massive screen, total darkness. You have nothing to do but you know your attention is there uh-huh. and everything yeah. else is by the by of that. So watching at home, kind of, you do miss a lot of that, but still fantastic with the filmmaking, absolutely good filmmaking. Okay, oh. one more thing I watched at home. What did you watch at home? Um, it, it's a little film that. that I've, I've never seen before, no. and uh, my, my better half, Lorraine, insisted you fucking watch this, so I had to go out and find it first of all, buy it, and we watched it, Notting Hill. Oh, I've never seen it either. I've never seen Notting Hill, and do you know what, I watched it, I've never seen it, again, this is for you, I've not seen it right, um, do you know what, yeah. I enjoy it. It hits all the beats, I mean, every trope's in there, but it's done to us, it's Hugh Grant, I'm not a huge fan of, charms the pants off you, Julia Roberts, charms the pants, Risa Pants, 
everyone in it does exactly what they yeah. do perfectly. And yeah, Curtis, his Curtis right is, knows his brand very yeah, well. Absolutely. He does, he knows it exceptionally well. And, yeah. and Hugh Grant, at that point, in time, knew his brand exceptionally oh, well as well. Yeah, yeah. He knows what he might have been bored of it sometimes. He might be thinking he'd be but he'd done it. He knew what he was fucking doing. like nobody else could. Yeah. Really, I see what all the fuss is about now. After watching something, like, yeah, I get it. Do you know what I mean? I do, I do, I get it. Would you rather watch that for Wednesday funeral? I've never seen Full Wednesday funeral. I'd rather watch that. I'm not seeing nothing how about I've seen bits of it enough to know what's about, and I think Boyd's mm. funeral is enough. It's definitely better. Um, it is in the, the collection, it's in the, the DVD collection at home, so could okay. be in the yeah. Um, onto some cinema watches? Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. The one you watched that I'd be talking about last week, you want to bring it up? Battle of the Sexes? Just no, opposite of uh, the. It's not Battle of Sexes, it's called On the Basis of Sex. Oh, sorry, On the Basis of Sex, yeah. Um, yeah, but I, kind of, I was quite excited to see this because I didn't know who L, not LBJ, that's Long Ben Jail. Yeah, it's story about um, <laughs> Ruth Bader Ginsburg. RBJ, not yeah. LBJ, yeah. Don't do me and I'm her in the same sentence. That's probably fucking wrong in every level. It's also with a woman trying to get through Harvard yeah. and then trying a first sort of major case in front of the court, which is challenging sexual discrimination yeah. in the, in the and US laws. It's important. You know, yeah. it's really important. So why the fuck was this film so fluffy and light? It's <laughs> I think it's not fluffy and light, but it's very dry. She was miscast, I think, and I, I do like Felicity Jones a lot. I'm a huge, huge fan of her. I oh. think she was the best thing about the Stephen Hawking's film that you know. Yeah. She, she thinks she's in. She's just, she, you know, she yeah. she just commands your attention. She, she you know, she, she's watchable. And I just thought that she was poorly, poorly miscast. Um, having not seen the real character, you've seen documentaries yes. and stuff. Um, I just felt I, I didn't. I was never convinced that she was that character at any point. It, 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 to me, it just felt a bit too light. And yeah. Like I said, the documentary I watched, RBJ's, that is a far better sort of like. No. Oh fuck! I was going to ask you about this. This is a big second point for me. So I remember you talking about the documentary, um, and you were talking about the husband. Uh-huh. In the documentary, he he'd passed away by that point. Yeah. But you were saying like, how he was, you know, stood by the side, mm-hmm. let her have her way. Do you not think the film promotes it very much as you know? You know, she she had to get a lot of help from all the men around about her, and, no. and I thought that stuck in my throat a wee bit. No. I was like, no, fuck off, man. You know, Keith he had to step in and be like, oh, here's how you do it. Do you no, know? I think he was a smart one who promoted his wife and said, look, my wife is smart. No, but in that film, it that was film, like, oh, you know, here, dear, you know, no, no, that's not how you deal with a judge. Let me, you know, show you how. And I was like, no, no I think oh, I think God. that's that's pretty true to real life. Yeah. Like she'd never tried in front of a court before, so she replied on him, who, but his. His specialty was in like tax law and things like that. So yeah. He still had experience. And you see him struggling when it comes to the moral argument. Yeah. He can make the legal argument, the moral argument is tough for him, but she can make that more moral. moral argument. So but they had a partnership in many I, ways. I just think it was an important piece of history that was just Hollywooded. Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't like it. It's, yeah. it's too light, it's too fluffy, yeah. um, it's a bit too dry at times. It just didn't have quite the same punch. Documentary about the RBG I saw at the start of the year. Excellent documentary, much what a more fitting tribute to yeah. I'm also yeah. not a fan of films that end with that sort of weird merge between the fictional characters. Yeah, I don't it, like that. Done it in this, done it in um, yeah. Snowden as well, didn't it? Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, I freaked it out. The worst one for that was. Um, that I got really angry about was remember what's love got to do with it with Angela Bassett playing Tina Turner oh yeah 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 and at the end they, they put on Tina Turner singing what's love got to do with it and you're like do you know don't, no, I mean this whole film you've had her, her performing beautifully as Turner and then you, it's a stab in the face almost it's you gave it six and a half out of ten I'd probably give it a five um, it wasn't terrible no. I just think Jones is better than the performance she gave um, mm. And I think the, the, the matter probably needed a bit more gravitas and, you know, be yeah, about it. Yeah. But it's, it's worth watching, but I'd, say, I'd definitely watch a documentary rather than that. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. So, but now I know who she is, she's not long been jail. No. <laughs> yeah. uh, so on some more cinema viewings, um, we've got, I saw Happy Death Day for you. Mm. Which you, I know you tried to see. I did try and kept missing, and it didn't have a massive amount of screens. No, it didn't. Um, Directed by Christopher Landon, who did the first one. Yeah. He also did a film called Scout's Guide to the Apocalypse, which I quite liked. Which I liked that. That was fun. fun I've tried, yeah. I talked people to watch that yeah. film, and they're like, yeah, that was good. I was like, yeah, no, it's fucking good. So the like, it's set in the same day as Happy Death Day for you, but this one's set basically, there's someone in the school who's caused, basically, physical experiments went awry, and it's caused this to replicate across different dimensions. And the main girl from the first one is transferred to a different dimension. She's got her the same day out again and again and again, but in a different dimension this time. And it's Does it. she know this? She knows this. Right. And then ah, right, she okay. hooks up with the people in the other dimension who know her, 
and she's trying to get them to do the computer again to her back to the right dimension. That's cool. The, the twist on this one is that in this dimension things have changed a little bit different, so her best friend isn't the killer, like she was in the first one. Uh-huh. Um, her mum's still alive. She was oh, dead before, Yeah, that's right, that was the, the whole, the whole, the whole turning point, yeah. So, she's got to decide if she wants to come back to the world, to her own dimension. If she comes back to her own dimension, she'll have the boyfriend, but not her mother. And this means she has her mother, but not the boyfriend. The boyfriend's dating one of the girls in the sorority house. Okay. Okay. Uh, the same people, everyone turns up in the first one. You get Jessica Roth plays the main girl. Uh, Israel Broussard plays the boyfriend. I'm not even kind of a kind of name, that's who they are. Um, Phil, he was good in the first yeah, one. Yeah, I enjoyed him. Phil Viewer plays, if you remember, the, the roommate. Yes, I do. Yeah, he right. is a tech, he's a physics guy who doesn't be fucked up enough. Ah, right. Okay. So that's come from him. Um, Sarah Yarkis um, and also Ruby Modine and Ruth. Did it have the same bad guy in it as well? Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Wow. Um, so it's, it's an interesting. It's, the first one is, is a pretty much a straight out horror. Aye, aye. Groundhog, ground, groundhog, groundhog Day for a slasher, yeah. This yeah. is a sci fi time travel, but it's less about the horror. It's more about them trying to figure a way out to get home. The killer in it is still in the film, but he's got less of a sort of main Which, looking at the, the reviews you see in IMDb, seems to be people's biggest gripe is they were in expecting Happy Death Day 2 and came out thinking, wait a minute, that wasn't a sequel to the horror film that I've seen because yeah. it wasn't a horror film and it's like, you know what, expand your fucking mind. Where people walk out. Oh, uh-huh. really? That's shocking. It was only about like, 10 people in the film, but two people walked out. I think also they were expecting just to flat out straight horror and they, they, they left. I think it sounds really clever. I think it is, it's a fucking bold idea. You know, let's take what we've done, yeah. flip it on its head, expand it and fucking flat it's out. It's the thing that somebody like Wes Craven would do. Yeah. Wes Craven did a sequel to Scream and Scream 3 yeah. and Scream 2 and Scream 3. He didn't just eat film again. Yeah. He put a twist on it in some way, like Hollywood, or he added mm. something to it. Freddie Mercury, uh, Freddie Mercury, Freddie Krueger, I didn't see as well. Yeah, because a yeah. twist on it to make it interesting. Yeah. And that's what I say, it doesn't entirely work all the time, you know, and the time travel elements make it, even though it's time to make it a bit mixed up, yeah. you can still see where the film's going. There's yeah. no real sort of like, major like, oh wow, mind blown. Yeah, yeah. 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 predictable to a great degree. Um, all performances like we saw in the first one, all lots of fun, they all seem to employ the roles really well. She seemed particularly to really enjoy her role playing this, so she seemed to embrace it really well. Um, I don't know if I can do a third one, but this definitely intrigued me to see a third one, but didn't make me desperate to see it. I enjoyed it, but didn't love it. I enjoyed the first one more, but I appreciate this one did. It tried to do something you, a bit you different. See, yeah, swing And just doing a, a Santa's horror film where we've been like, well, what are you going to yeah, do? Yeah, you've done it. You've done yeah. it already. Yeah. The time travel, you need to do something to make it interesting. Are these Blumhouse productions? Yes. Again, so it's a, it goes back to this. There's not a massive budget. No. Let's fucking get creative. In the first one, there's not a budget. In the first one, you can see it, but you know the idea behind the story it's is clever. so well done. Yeah. That, you know, you totally you're absorbed. You're like, yeah, I'm battled into that. Is this the same? Same, it's, the most part. A, yeah. a little bit less in the first one. Yeah. But I, I, again, I, I still really, I enjoyed it for what it was. There's some good laughs in it as well. Yeah. Maybe a bit of back if it's a two element to it as well. You know, yeah. Looking back on yourself. But I think for the trailers, it's like she's much more knowing and she's quite willing to go to ridiculous like to die now. You know, that uh, seems yeah. to be well, almost Deadpool kind of style there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing it. A fun watch. I give it six and a half out of ten. Which, for a horror movie, any horror movie above five is doing something okay. Oh, yeah, definitely. And as I said, there's a few horror movies coming out. One coming out next week, we'll talk about in a minute. Um, they seem to be just sort of eating the same thing. So give Christopher Landon and his guys some credit for doing something. It's, it's, it's the big release of the week. It's the one everyone's watching. It's the one that's doing like 150 million. This is beat Black Panther, I believe, in its opening weekend. I don't know that. I think it's the big. It's, it's beat all of them apart from the. the Infinity War. Infinity War and Ultron and stuff, but all the wow. ensemble pieces, I think it's beaten them all so far. So the so film is Captain Marvel. Of course it's Captain uh, Marvel. The 21st movie in the Marvel MCU. It is, yeah. Well done, sir. Thank you. Um, directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, who are... They're a couple. I don't know if they're a couple or not. No. They're, they're right, they're a partnership. Yeah. Um, they both wrote Half Nelson with Ryan Gosling, the one about the feature. Never seen it. Good film. Yeah. He, Ryan Fleck directed that film. It's a, good, it's a good, really good film. He thinks... Gosling might have got an Academy Award nomination for it, it's so good, it's an excellent film. Um, the next film they done after that was a film they worked on, both as writers and they done a dual directing, as soon as that being dual directors, it's a film called Mississippi Grind. Carplane one? Yeah, I think I've seen that. Cracking R- movie, rings really good film. Yeah. Ben yeah. Mendelsohn's in it, yeah. Ryan Reynolds, yeah. great film. Um, so in this film, it's the plot is essentially... Cap- it's the origin story it's of Captain, Captain fucking Marvel. Marvel. She is involved in a war between the Kree and the Skrulls, um, in for reasons that come apart in the film, she gets sent, she falls into Earth. Yeah. 
Well, she's on Earth, she's still trying to uncover who the... Not only Earth, but Earth in, Earth in the 90s. The 90s. <laughs> she's trying to uncover um, who, what's happened to the Queen's Girls, and yeah. at the same time, she starts to uncover things about her own past, because yeah. she's an amnesiac, and she's not known anything apart from six years, and she's been on three. Yeah. Essentially, yeah? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah. In, in a nutshell, yeah. yeah. Uh, in the film, you've got Brie Larson playing Captain Marvel. Carol Danvers. Yep. Um, Samuel Jackson is playing Nick, Nick Fury, Fury, obviously. Yep. Nicholas Fury. Fury. <laughs> Fury. No one calls him Nicholas. And you get Lee Pace from back playing Ronan the Accuser. Very small part, though. Small part Full of it. Full away, almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, ben Middleton is in it playing roles. Oh, Roll, um, yes. Clark <laughs> Gregg comes back in it for a wee cameo. Yes, is Eugene Coulson yeah. here. Uh, Jude Law comes in it as well. Um, I noticed uh, Maria Hill wasn't there, which is a shame. I'd yeah. like to well, see Maria Hill. Um, I get more, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jude um, Law, yep. Annette Benning. Annette Benning. Yeah. I, I love seeing Annette Benning. She Annette is not on screen enough. She's not. Yeah. Um, Digimon Houston. Houston. Who is. What was his name on? He's one. I don't know if the guy in, in Galvin's who's stopped. Yeah, it's the same him. character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just becomes a bastard. And you've got Lashana Lynch is playing um, the last of Dead Friend. The heart of the movie, so, yeah, shall, the shall movie, we yeah. say. Um, um, talk, I've talked too much today. What, what do you think of it? Um, I really have really, really enjoyed of course it. Of you did, um, it's a Marvel film. I, yeah, I, I do absorb Marvel like fucking sponge to water. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't really know... I knew who Captain Marvel was. Um, I knew who Ms. Marvel was before she was Captain Marvel. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever dedicated any serious amount of time or, you know, kind of to reading about that character. Yeah. I've never really read... I've seen her maybe kind of pop up in a few comics yeah. or flick through, but I've never read a Captain Marvel comic book. So... Although she's a well-established character in the MCU, um, co- comics and stuff like that, I didn't uh-huh. really know much about her, yeah. so it was kind of nice for me to learn more about the character as well. I um, found it almost fresh. Yeah, it yeah, which like, uh, I appreciated. Um, right, let's go, so Brie Larson. I enjoyed her immensely. She's a great actress, we both actress. like Brie Larson uh, a lot. It was in short term 12, I was a huge fan of Brie Larson. Which I've not seen you mentally reference that before. Uh, it wasn't that, I've been a big fan, I loved Room as well, she's kind of happy. Yeah, yeah. She uh, can act. Um, Queen Rex, awesome as well. Every look she's got is... She does side-eye very well. All of that, the smirks, the smiles, the side-eyes, you know, the hair, everything she does, you know, it's measured to, to a point in the light, red light. Everything's done with it, and she's so fucking good at it. Um, I thought she was outstanding. I've, I, I no place about her whatsoever, I thought she was excellent. Uh, Mr Jackson, the de-aging for Marvel, again, is... On him, yes, not so much on Coulson. Agreed. Coulson looked ah, a bit like a hatchet It looks job. like he'd been de-aged, whereas Jackson, it was like, oh, that's Samuel Jackson 20 years ago. Yeah, you know, you, yeah. you had no issue with it. They went back and they picked up Sam Jackson. Yeah, Fiction Coulson, I got that as well. It wasn't quite the glass side that they done with um, Peter Cushion in Star no. Wars. It wasn't as bad as that, but it was a noticeable... With an uncanny valley. Somebody's been through. touching something with yeah, something that, yeah. you know, there's a bit of kind of painting going there. What I like about it, Sam Jackson, was it set in the 90s, so Sam Jackson, or Mick Fury at this point, is he's a new agent with S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. So he's... Fresh. Yeah, he doesn't yes, really yeah. get anything, he doesn't understand a lot of stuff. So he's a bit more naive, yeah. 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 So it's nice because every other film with Nick Fury in it, he basically knows everything that's happened before it's happened. And you feel he's just sort of like leading people down a path and he tries yeah. to do it himself. You know, do yeah. it. Like he did in like, a dozen Avengers, he throws it, he does things with the cards and yeah. he's yeah. leading down a path. And this one, he's not, he is literally as close as everyone else. You know, he's, he's on the flutter right, he's yeah. seatbelt on, you know, yeah. riding shotgun and fuck what's happening to me. Yeah. Um, he, he was saying, but um, th- this one I've been led to believe that the de-aging was all CGI, whereas I think before traditionally it was a mixture of all. A little bit of makeup on him. Right, okay. But see, when you're watching it, at it's no point do you think he's de-aged. It is just fucking Samuel L. Jackson, you know, yeah. from Pulp Fiction. It's like, wow. Um, the the, the kind of next biggest part was probably Ben Mendelsohn. Who I thought, can't spoil what he's doing in it, but I'll enjoy him immensely in it. He is, again, back to Ben Foster. Mendelssohn is one of those actors who everything he touches, he gives nothing less than 100% and he convinces always. I think it's good in this one because he's given a bit more meatier role. He's been in yeah. things. Like, in Ready Player One, I love Ready Player One, there's no doubt in I love Ready Player One, yeah. but his role is a very disposable bad guy role. Same with Rogue One, very disposable bad guy role. Yeah. But then, Robin Hood as well. How good is it being a nice guy though as yeah, well? That, that's the thing with Mendelssohn. Yeah. He's just he, he's got he's well. Do you know what I didn't realise? Um, we were watching it and you I kind of yeah. I don't know what Graham Mason. I was when I went. What's a weird Cockney accent? Yeah. And she's like, he's Australian, yeah. you dick. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, all oh, right, okay, that makes it. But then he, he done the American accent when he was. He does well. Ah, yeah. Really yeah. Uh, his performance was stunning. Um, uh, 
there was a bad performance in it. Um, there's not. There's nothing bad. I thought, like I said, I, I, I thought for the first forty minutes it really troubled. It felt very fragmented. It threw you into an early universe, but not in the same fun way that Guardians did. This was just like straight in, quite a fucking stoic like kind of alien yeah. universe. And like, oh, I don't know where that is. But it tried to bring in sort of Guardians elements too, when she's on the she first was in the, the, the spaceship with the sort of the troop that going on that mission. Mm. It tries to go Guardians, but it doesn't. It feels like not it's quite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At times, I, get, I totally get what you mean. And I think that's when I'm not. I, I, I think the film is fine, though. I don't yeah. really whatsoever. But it felt like not a lot. Some of the highlines just didn't quite hit, right? Yeah. And some of the dialogues just didn't quite. It felt at times it was you were like, no, that's a that, that's a James Gunn line. You shouldn't be using that almost. It, it didn't feel, yeah. It didn't punch quite yeah. the same way, and it felt like a little bit. It felt like reaching, and it moved yeah. too many elements, but throwing a bit of Thor in there, a little bit of yeah. Guardians in there, Absolutely. a little bit of Iron Man stuff as well in there, and it's a bit of Thor. A lot of Thor I mean, it stuff. didn't detract overall for me, but you did. It, it did at times. Slightly jarring. Yeah. When she crash lands into a certain store on Earth, oh. that's when I think the movie becomes a different kind of stride again. The first 40 minutes, I, I thought I'd a bit of trouble with, but once it kicks in, it, yeah. it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a lot of heart, particularly through the Shannon Lynch character. She, she really did give it. But I would, I do think there was a, it didn't earn enough there. It's sort of an odd one because you're watching a friendship that you only see one side of friendship. It's like Brie Larson can't come she, she has no knowledge of it, yeah. and it seems like forced into you were her, but you were her, uh, you weren't. And, and also, the audience is sort of forced to say this is it, and this is it, and you only know the friendship from Brie Larson's side. You only see like sort of snippets in Brie Larson's memory of what the friendship was. Mm-hmm. So you've mentioned the friendship is basically some karaoke a couple of times and a couple of pictures. Yeah, need a couple more scenes to build the relationship between them two. Just character building, and then enough couple more scenes to build the relationship between. Um, Captain Marvel and Annette Benny's character, I felt that was that wasn't enough uh, in there. Yeah, cause they've left a lot of kind of strings for that one, yeah. you know, there's a lot of fucking shit to, and to move on with I feel it. there might have been a lot of stuff when they're younger as well because they cast Mackenzie Grace as a young Brie Larson. Yeah. Who's in that film Gifted, she's a very good actress, yeah. She's a great little actress, But she's yeah. in there for like a minute. Yes, yeah, it is just a blink and you miss a part. So I got a feeling that it could be that they've had a lot of stuff maybe scripted maybe even shot. And have started to slice it down yeah. from time Because it is like Marvel. It's, mo- it's two, two hours. Two hours, I think, yeah. Um, including in credits, I think it's like two hours, two minutes, three minutes. Right. And for a Marvel movie, that is quite, you know, for an in, out, get a fuck, go yeah. home. Um, so I was quite kind of surprised by how short it was. Um, I was watching it later after a fucking early shift, so I was kind of pleased as well. But um, no, it, it did, you know, it was like kind of, here you go, there's a story. So there probably was room to breathe in there that they've, they've had to trim down. Um, but they have, they've trimmed, and they've trimmed a few, they can either cut down a little bit more, or like say, cut down the action a little bit. Yeah. And then maybe build it. So just enough, all you need is like a scene of each of those characters, yeah. a scene with Annette Benning and Captain Marvel, um, and a scene with um, Brie Larson and Shanna Lynch. Yeah. And that would made the story instantly just sort of just jails you with the characters that a bit more yeah. um, Jude Law what was your thoughts Mr Law enjoyed him he seems, he seems he's very buff he's very buff he's buffed up for this I mean Jude Law is 50 yes. and you know he's he's got biceps of a 20 year old man this yeah. arm. Um, he's, he's done well I enjoyed him in it immensely um, I, he, no, like I said I, really, I, can't have, I don't really have any major issue with any actors in the film they're all doing a role well most of the plot works mostly you well think, I think with Marvel yeah is Previously, they hook you at the start. Mm-hmm. The middle is strong and the end finishes. This one is like a weaker start. The middle's fine. The end is the strongest part. Yeah. The, the last point of this film was just. Oh, yeah, I wish I could watch 3D films because my gammy I can, mm-hmm. but I wish for once I could let like, see it in 3D because I think the last point of this film would have been spectacular. Well, we saw it on the um, big master, the big super yeah, screen. Super screen. So uh, Silverburn. Huge. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And it's looked amazing. And it's nothing bad. It, it's just, it sort of, it feels very second-tier Marvel. I, I mean, nothing's going to beat ensembles, I don't think. E- even Ultron, which is probably the poorest ensemble, is probably better than most ensembles. I'd put it on a um, with Ultron. Yeah. yeah? I like Ultron a lot. It's not ahead of things like Captain America trilogy. It's not ahead. It's not even close to the things like the Thor Ragnarok or... But better than things like Thor 2, Iron Man 2, 3, Better than Thor 2. Yeah. Not Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3 is a fucking fantastic film. Um, better than Iron Man 2. It's better than Incredible Hulk. Yeah. I probably enjoyed this more than enjoyed Black Panther. Yeah, cool. Same. Absolutely fine. I didn't, Black Panther didn't um, really get me the same way as Thor. 
some controversies about it was apparently before it was released Rot- Rotten Tomatoes had to take down the zero rating because I, was it not like a, a kind of anti-feminist yes. people basically jumped on and thought you know that, that this is given because it, it does give strong female characterisation oh, fucking probably. good yeah, you know about yeah. time as well Marvel done that you know yeah. fucking catch up with DC if exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it, it got torn on the arsehole basically by you know these assholes and thugs um, and this has prompted Rotten Tomatoes to now make the rule that you can't post a review about a movie until it's officially out been released. Which, you know what, is good. And I've seen it going on IMDb. It's went from, I think it started out, I'm a geek, but I should. Yeah. It's 6%, um, six, sorry, 60% rain. Yeah. It's up to like 75 heading towards 80 now. And it's like a true reflection, which yeah, is good as it's well. Better, yeah. Which is nice. Because there's been a few films that have done that, not just Marvel films. There's, there's a film recently out, Frank uh, and Bale, about the Turkish invasion of Armenia, or Armenia invasion of Turkey, or Armenia Turkey war at some point. And basically, the Turkish government ran a uh, basically employed people to go on a campaign to basically give that film like 200,000 negative reviews. Wow, before even it's only been seen by something like 50 people, so there's no way but to have those reviews. When you start to dig into it, it's quite funny because you look at the reviews and it'll be like RBZ 012, yeah. the next reviews RBZ 046, and you're like, Whoa, wait a fucking minute. People don't look at the reviews given, all they do is look at, look at the figure, the score, that's it. Look at the score, and it's a shame because, yeah. um, it you know. It, Despite all the bad publicity, I think this is Marvel can't really. I mean, bad publicity would be down. They're 150 million opening weekend. Yeah. That's a bad that. Marvel movie's a good movie by yeah. any normal standards. A fucking movie, and this is no exception. But I would say this is possibly. I'm going to go out there and say it. I'm going to fucking throw it out there. Possibly the, the strongest third half Marvel movie ever. No. Would you think it's got the the, the better Civil half? War? Do you think so? Winter Soldier. Mm. Cap. I don't know, I thought well, this was... Civil War's got the fight between um, Cap and Iron Man. That's good, I'll maybe give you that one. Um, Winter Soldier, Thor, I don't know. No, I think this was... It's a great ending. But th- this is, like, stunning, you know. The, just right. th- that bit, you know, you know the bit, I mean, in front of the spaceship. Yeah, no, it's fucking it's amazing. amazing. I, I was beaming, you know, I was like a fucking kid in a can. No. I was just it's over excellent. the moon. And enjoyed it, listen, enjoyed it immensely. No, there's no issue with it in many ways, but just, it just didn't quite hit me in the same way I wanted to hit. But it did hit me more, as I said, I enjoyed it more than part yeah. which I thought was surprised at. Yeah. But, um, and I can't think of anything. I think we've just, it's, I don't know if it's some films have a more cultural resonance with certain people. Yeah. Black Panther certain people in a certain way. Does hit me in a better way, honestly. Yeah. Um, um, was the cat the star of the show? No, Ben Mendelsohn's the star of the show. Ben Mendelsohn, he won't get the credit. The cat will win an Oscar over Mendelsohn. Probably, yes. <laughs> it really will. The cat was fun, though. The I was quite was surprised fun. at how much I enjoyed the cat. I mean, I've got the cat. The cat is mainly CGI. I, I know, because um, both of them are... No, got she's allergic and Jack he did like cash. <laughs> yeah, so like, he has a fucking CJ. The cat was fun. Um, you know, the amount of smells it put in my face was yeah, like, oh my god. And they carried it on all the way through, even the, the, the post credits, because yeah. the cat watch it, and it's just like, wow, well done, Marvel. The cat fucking was was great. Um, the cat was called Chewy in the comic books, apparently. Yes, and, and not, not yeah. 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 It just makes more sense. Yeah, it does. It's in, in this, in yeah, in this universe. Um, great film. We both enjoyed it. I would give it a solid 8.5 out of 10. Um, no, no issue with that at all. 7 out of 10. Yeah, so that's an average of 7.58. It's, like I said, which yeah. is totally enjoyable, totally fun. But the thing I did have, when I saw other Marvel films or other comic films or other movies, I want to see it again. I, yes, you I, don't. I, I didn't really urge to go, like, I want to see that again right now. I want to see it again. I, I, and it's Which is weird you just said that, because I'm the same. I think I want to see it again in a month. Yeah. Yeah. See, and it, see if it's on in a month's time, I've got nothing else to watch. I'll happily go and see it again. But I've no issue, like, see when I saw First of Spider Verse, I wanted to go back in a Garden of the Gats, I think. I was back. four back to back, almost like yeah. four days, four fucking viewings. Yeah, um, like yeah. I saw Mad Max Fury Road, so I want to see it the next. Yeah. I, thought, I thought 20 minutes later again. I do want to see it again, but I, I think it needs time to you know, dissipate a little bit yeah. before I go again. I yeah. think I might enjoy it more the second time round. Possibly. Um, but no, it's, it's a totally fun film, really enjoyable film. Very serviceable, really um, And it, it does set up the end game very well. Yes, it, it does. Pe- it did that kind of second last um, post credit is. Yeah, that made me smile a lot as well. I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, boom, here we go. Yeah. Yeah, that's it for this week, but next week, out, 
we've got still out. We've not seen a fight with my family. Which I, uh, I got up on it. It's so much. That's, like, that's, that's, yeah. The timings are terrible. Yeah. Fucking, like, cinema world going to sort your shit out and like, look at my other, fucking work Other cinemas are available, but yeah. not, not for us. No, uh, it's horrible. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, on Rotten Tomatoes, and this film's fucking kicking it's all reviews, yeah. Like, I mean, wow. Yeah. Fucking off-the-chart reviews. I'm desperate to see it. Sort your timings out, you fuckers. Um, also, still out in maybe limited releases, The Aftermath. The one with um, oh, um, and our favourite German Pearl Schrodius is it? Is that the one? No, it's um, the guy. Oh, no, it's in Germany. Matthias, what's his name? Matthias. It's, it's the guy from Two Oh, is it not Matthias Schrodius? No, oh, is it Skarsgård? Skarsgård. Both are sexist. Both very handsome. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the name. So that's still out. Right, yeah. That's still out. <laughs> um, new out this week for a few things. Out. You've got What Men Want, which is a. It looks terrible. Oh my god, I've seen a trailer for it yeah. on uh, Captain Marvel and, and me and Lillian want to see it because it's a so bad it's a good film. Yeah, yeah that, so that's it's, where it's hitting already. It's a remake of What Women Want, Women Mel Gibson, but it's done by the person who did um, Girl Trip. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was well, yeah, everything about it looks bad. Do yeah. you want to see it? Yeah. Just for that reason, yeah. <laughs> um, Fisherman Friend is out as well. Oh my god, do you not think the film movies reveal the trailer? Like, yes. how, much do you, how much more is there to this movie than the fucking trailer yeah. given? It's yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah, we know. Uh, that's it, I probably won't see that bit. No, anyway. um, no. We've got The Prodigy, which is not an ill-time documentary about the guy who died recently. I've not seen it, I don't know. It's about basically about a kid who's really smart and the kid who's been kind of maybe a, a, a sort of devil child. Like the omen? Kind of, yeah. Okay. The trailer, about the trailer. I've not heard anything about it. I saw two horror films back to back, so I saw the trailer twice. Right, um, right. It's about the trailer. When you see the mum lying in bed, also you see, see a little hand run over to hug right. the mum. And she's in bed, and it's sort of like, hands and hands grow more than they should grow. And it's like, Mummy, you'll love me more. You, you'll still love me no matter what I do. And you're like, oh, that kid is. That's crazy. a real thing, though. That's horrible. Yeah. We'll talk about that in another episode. But yeah, it's that's got a real kind of Oedipus complex thing going yeah. on yeah. as well. But yeah, oh. that's out. Yeah, sounds someone, like, sounds like a fucking Freud dream. Um, so, what's that one called? The Prodigy. That's just weird. That's totally escaped my mind. There's someone big in it who I'm trying to. I'm currently trying to find a name on, sorry. And uh, Ben is back, is out as well. That is out, yes. That is done by. Julia. Is it Julia Roberts? Yes. Yeah. Um, this drug addict's son comes home. and on. I've seen one trailer for this that was literally her stopping the car. Yep. Looking concerned, hugging her son and saying hi, and that was it. And I was like, I have no fucking idea what this is about. Yeah, it's um, got Lucas Hedges in it, who I like as an actor, but he needs, he, I've watched someone who's done a funny role because he's in, so far, he's in Manchester by the Sea, Ladybug, Three Billboards, you know, get the boys back, boy erased, knowing about the gay conversion. Oh, right, uh, yeah, this, this is the starting thing about so the bell now. Yeah. He, needs, he needs something fun to do, you know. Cheer him up, leave it. Stick with a Marvel yeah. film, fuck's sake. Although this film is right by that. Oh, written, um, his dad's Peter Hedges, he's written about his dad. I don't know how I feel about that. It's weird, isn't it? Because he's touching his mum in the, in the trailer, and his dad's directing him touching his mum in the movie. No, I'm, I'm, you know, this is a whole fucking no, thing in my head. No, he's touching his mum, then in fact he's not touching his mum. Somebody's touching somebody's mum and the dad's yeah. directing his son doing it. I don't, I don't like this shit, dude. Um, yeah, um, way to find us. <laughs> all the usual places. <laughs> Facebook, um, Gmail and Instagram, number three beers in the movie. And give us likes, loves, let us know you think. Talk to you. I've been calling, you've been Richard. And we've been. Three beers in a movie.